This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one and only Mr. Ben Higgins. What's up? How you doing? How are you today? It's a great day. I got my cup of coffee as you do as well. I do. Um, And uh, I'm talking to you, so things are good. We're having a nice morning together, right? That's right. It's a very enjoyable experience. Where are you again in the world? Remind me. I'm in Denver, Colorado. It's even earlier there. Yeah. So what have you been up to? You've been busy during COVID. You wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Wrote a book. Um, I was writing the book before COVID. Uh, I was actually finishing it as I was on tour for The Bachelor Live on stage. It was a tour that Warner Brothers was doing. And uh, COVID hit. We ended the tour. So I continued writing it. Kind of stopped that. Um, and I, well, I finished the book in May of last year and then this year, uh, I, uh, was able to put it out. So February 2nd, the book is now released in stores everywhere called Alone in Plain Sight. Uh, and it's, it's definitely the most personal experience I've ever had doing a project. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about it. I have a lot of questions about the book, but before we get there, cause it is very personal, like that's, mm-hmm. I have a lot to say and just, you know, I've learned a lot about you by reading this book. So I have a lot to say about that. But before we get there, um, Bachelor Nation, man, there's a lot going on, isn't there? There is. There always is. So I started a podcast with Ashley Iconetti. Um, It's been over three years now. When we started it, my first question to iHeart was, what are we going to talk about? They said, oh, there'll be a lot to talk about. I was like, okay, I I don't know where and how. There's a lot to talk about always. There's always something happening, always somebody doing something. Um, and right now it feels like the most is happening or the most big stories are happening. I, I get it. Because when I started this podcast, I said the same thing. I'm like, you know, I'll, we'll figure it out. But I'm like, how is this going to go on forever and ever? Same thing. There's so much yeah. going on. So your podcast is great with Ashley. So as like a podcast host you know, is it kind of like a double-edged sword? Like, are you secretly like, I'm really happy there's a lot going on because. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if without context, yes. Um, I don't love the bad stories because they just are hard to talk about. There's some of your friends. um, There are people, you know, that you've had memories with experiences with, like, I don't enjoy that because it makes me be not only, a host of a podcast who has to talk about this stuff, 
but also walking a thin line between how far can I go be before I'm betraying a friend. Uh, so, you know, I, oftentimes the stories aren't that bad. Like oftentimes the stories are more like funny or somebody's doing something stupid or somebody's having a kid or getting married. Like those things are great. Um, but yeah, I always like when stuff's happening. I just don't, I don't know how to handle the difficult things well yet. I get it. I think it, I get, I'm same thing. I'm friends with a lot of the people that I talk about. Just, I think by doing this job, I mean, I'm not in Bachelor Nation, but it's like a different angle. You get to know people. I don't know. I think it gets easier with time, really. Cause now I feel like I just feel like nothing is, has anything ever come back to you? Cause nothing has really hardly ever come back to me where I've had to talk about someone. And then like, I'm having a drink with them like two days later. And it's just like, that's my job. I don't know what to say. Or as yeah, things- I, 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 I'm sure there has been, you know, I've, I've made a lot of texts to people after a podcast said, Hey, just let you know, I talked about this today. I know this is a hard situation for you. I tried to do it well. I don't know if I crossed any lines. If I did, please let me. Um, that, t- you know, that typically is something I like to do just because they are friends. I can't remember a time where something's came back like viciously at me or I'm sure I've hurt somebody and I've had to apologize to them. Um, but I, it's not my intention. Do you get it more than Ashley? Like, do you get most of the heat or? It's hard to say. I'm sure I do. I, you know, Ashley has like her loyal following. Uh, they love her. She's Ashley. She's uh, she's funny. She's emotional. She's smart. Uh, you know, for me, I feel like I, I probably I don't have that loyal group like she does, and so I'm sure I do. Just curious, what I mean, what did you think of this past season of Matt James's season? Like now that it's all over, a few weeks ago. My honest opinion is, you know, Matt's incredible. I've gotten to know him outside of the show. I was excited for a season. Uh, I think the season itself fell short. Uh, I think that you can't blame that on Matt. I just think there, there was weeks and weeks of untold stories. You know, I watched the show and, and I, I said this the other day, but it could be like my evil side. Like I want to cry through the breakups and I want to celebrate the love. Like I want to be involved in the stories of the humans. I don't necessarily want to see the conflict amongst the people it's not fun for me maybe a week of that maybe some but like when it's just bickering and bullying and isolating people it just isn't fun to watch it makes me feel weird I know it makes it hurts them uh and I think this season had a lot of that and and very little of the in-depth stories that you know I enjoy watching and so I think the season itself fell short but I think Matt itself can't take any blame for that I wonder, because I mean, I feel the same way. I think most people feel the same way. Like it almost got away from its roots of like, this is a show about love. I wonder like if ABC knows that and like it's going to course correct next season. I wonder. I'm sure they do. Yeah, they they have ears and eyes everywhere. They're always listening to the feedback. You know, the ratings were so down this year. Um, They weren't at the beginning. Uh, but they were as the season continued. And I think they look after, I mean, they definitely look at that and they have to ask themselves why. And I think most of the feedback will be, Hey, you all kind of missed the mark. Um, this wasn't enjoyable to watch. This wasn't my breath of, you know, entertainment on Monday nights to take my mind off of the things going on. This was, it was just difficult to watch some weeks. And so, yes, I'm sure it will. I think we have two bachelorette seasons coming up. I think you're going to see, a lot more focus on the love stories and, and less focus on the drama. At least I hope that'd be weird if they didn't. I think so. What do you think about, you know, like people like Queen Victoria or, you know, people that clearly, I mean, look, I don't know for sure, but that are there really for like the Instagram followers and like what this show has now become. Well, I think it's going to be the downfall of the show. I do. I think they need to course correct that. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious what people's intentions are. I think the show knows what people's intentions are before the show even starts. You know, if you're looking to go on this, this show to become famous, it's a really hard pursuit, you know, as, as the bachelor at one point in my life, it didn't, it doesn't just come easy to you. It's not like you just get handed things. Like you don't have any tangible skill sets that brought you onto the show. And so if you're thinking you go on the show to become a host or a musician or uh, a model, whatever it is, 
it just doesn't happen. Like you have to work for it. And so if you're not willing to put in the hours and afterwards, it's not going to come to you. And I think some people think this is kind of like the gift uh, that is just getting handed. It's just not, it's not the case. And so I think it's, it's a, a unfulfilling pursuit. And I would just warn anybody that comes on to do that. I say, this is a tough road. Um, if this is the path you want to take. I would think so. I mean, it's certainly the more seasons that go on, there's more people. The pool is bigger. It's not going to work. I don't think. No, every season there's every, you know, it's funny. I, I remember on the night that I, my last night of the bachelor, um, I said, you know, my 15 minutes of fame is fleeting. So let me take a second here. And it was true because within five minutes after that, they announced the next bachelorette, uh, that starts and your old news, uh, within moments, this isn't, there's, it's not like you have a year to, uh, to be the bachelor and celebrate. It's like, no, right away you're on to the next, uh, and they're on to the next. So yeah. And it just ha- keeps happening. Uh, you know, year over year, there's 25 of us now, 26 bachelors, like it just keeps getting bigger. Although you did get a spinoff. I did. I don't know if that's good or bad or indifferent, but I did. That's more than most. It is. It is. Uh, You know, I don't know if that helped anything, though. You know, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if people, I I wouldn't say that anybody since then has probably wanted a spinoff. I would say they, most people, maybe Colton Underwood maybe did. I think I heard that they were trying to do something, but. Most people are like, yeah, that, that didn't look fun. Um, I think we're, we'll move on to something else. What about, you know, because of all this drama, not just on the show, but like everything that happened in real life, you know, I mean, I guess, well, I guess in a way, none of us were shocked at the choice of Rachel because that was kind of obvious from everything yeah. going on. Yeah. I wasn't shocked. Um, I wasn't shocked by the choice. I might've, I think I was a little bit surprised at their disconnect so quickly from the show. I mean, I, I think just a lot happened behind the scenes and we kind of got like the, the start of their relationship. And then like the end, we didn't get to see what happened in the middle. We got to hear about it. We made a lot of assumptions about things. Rumors were going around. Um, so I was shocked to see that they were done, done. Uh, I think there's like a rumor out there right now that maybe they, they met back up to reconcile. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but was not shocked. So it's like, do you talk to Matt now? A little bit. Yeah, not like daily, not even weekly, maybe monthly. Um, we know, check in, ask how he's doing. He asked me how he, I'm doing. Um, so yeah, we do. Well, yeah, because that is the latest rumor that, I mean, there's pictures that they met up in New York. They met up in New York. Yeah, if, uh, you know, and who knows to what context. Maybe it's just like closing a chapter of life. Maybe it's, Hey, you know, this ended weird. It ended on national television. Maybe, maybe we care enough about each other to like, just do close it in person. I don't know. Maybe it was to get back together. I I have zero idea. Uh, But I'm not against that. You know, if you, if you have a relationship that matters to you, you want to make sure it ends uh, if you can with forgiveness and on a high note. And and I think Matt's that type of guy. And so um, hopefully that was the case. But that also must be hard. Like if you truly love someone mm-hmm. and then there's these things that they do or you find out that they did and just they're insurmountable, but like sometimes love doesn't go away that easily. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it had to hurt them both in deep ways, right? They, they think this whole new is this thing is the start of a story that will be with them forever. Um, things happen from the past that are brought up, it changes, you know, maybe your perception of the person or maybe, you know, for them, that was such a new relationship. It shocked them on maybe I don't know you fully. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it has to, that has to be hard. And then to do it in front of the public eye makes it even more difficult. That's what I was going to ask you. Like when you came off of it, you know, and you were with Lauren, like, is that really hard to have like everyone have an opinion on the good, the bad, the other. Oh yeah. I mean, I just think it's, there's no training for it. Um, there's no prep, you know, you, maybe people watch and think, Oh yeah, like these two people can handle it. It's like, no, they have no, no practice at this. And it happens fast. Uh, it's just an added element to an already difficult world. 
Um, especially now bringing in the social media, you know, rush, you have thousands, millions of little, uh, voices that are speaking their opinions about things that truly matter to you. So it gets hard and it gets disorienting. Did you ever go down that road of like, you know, reading all the comments and like, I don't know what you said particularly, but I'm sure they weren't nice because they're never nice. No matter. Yeah. You they're never fly nice. No. Definitely. Um, it's, it's impossible not to, uh, recently I hired on somebody to take over kind of that side of things. So I don't have to. Um, but the, the, the other thing you learn is that typically the loudest voices, um, are the angriest and they're hurting for some reason, even if you haven't hurt them personally, or maybe they don't even dislike me, they're angry at something. And so they're speaking out. And so for me, it's just taking a moment and recognizing that um, not all these voices are speaking truth. I want to hear some of them. Uh, there's been times that people have criticized me for things that I, I was blinded to and that I needed to change. Um, but all, other times that was just unfair of what people were saying. And I have to dismiss those things. I have to push them aside because if I, if I let all the mean comments sit in, it's, it's going to be a really hard road. It eats away at you. And I agree. I think it's the person is hurting themselves. It's yeah. not you. What about, you know, cause Matt kind of went and deleted like almost all his references to the bachelor on his yeah. social media, which I think, I don't know. I don't know if that's ever really happened before. Kind of like turning. I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to be dramatic, like turning your back on the franchise. I don't know how else to say it. Like, yeah. You know, I don't know his intentions with that. I haven't asked him. It's, it's a, a bold move. Uh, he obviously felt like it was the, the right thing to do given the circumstances he's in, right? I can't relate with his scenario. Um, I know he had a different path during the show and after the show that I did. He carried a different weight. Uh, he put a lot of trust into the show. Maybe he feels betrayed. I don't know that. But it does feel like he's kind of saying, hey, this happened in my life. This is a story, but like this isn't gonna uh, this isn't gonna be my legacy, and I have to respect that. I mean, the show's been great to me. I've no, I will say that I know the show. Some people could argue the show hasn't been great to them. That's their uh, experience. For me, the show's offered me new opportunities, um, new friendships, new stories. But if it, but at the same time, even as good as the show's been to me, it's not my legacy. It's not what identifies me. So maybe Matt's just saying that a little earlier and quicker than I did. That's a good point. Is it hard to not have it, like, identify you? You know, I mean, like, you have this whole actualized life. You have a lot of other things going on. But, you know, people that want to talk to you, like, this is always going to come up somehow. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's – I've had to get – it's always going to be a part of my story. I mean, it's, it's to date – the most exposed exposure I've ever had doing anything. Um, more people paid attention to my story then than probably they ever will again. People know me from that experience. People walked with me through that experience. That experience was very personal to me and I, in, in every way. And maybe that was just my own unique journey through it, but that's my story. So it is hard. Uh, and, I, and I'm not trying to like forget it and push it aside and say it never happened. But what I want to do is use it as a kind of a, a, a catapult into something new, something, take all the opportunities given to me and say, okay, now what do we do with this? Like, what does the rest of my life look like? I was young when I did the show, still am what I would call myself young, I'm not as young anymore, but there's still a lot of life in front of me, I hope. And I don't want to be the bachelor forever. I won't be. Um, so yeah, you have to find something new. What about, to your point, you know, because Matt's 28, then I look at someone like Claire, who was like 40, like, do you think that, I mean, this is just my own opinion, like, do you think there should be a skew towards older bachelor and bachelorettes? Just, I don't know. I look at like a 28-year-old and I'm like, I mean, it's possible. I am all for love and everything. And I'm like, how? Like, you're so young. I'm making yeah. myself sound very old now too, but that's just where my mind goes. I would love to see the cast get older. Love it. Uh, I was so excited for Claire and 
some of the guys in her season. Um, you know, it's tough as you get older. It's harder to give up three months not knowing where it's going to spit you out. Uh, it's just that's just more difficult. But what I think you get as you get older is you get people not so interested in fame, more interested in love. If if somebody want, you know. I'm all for people staying single for their whole life. That's what they choose to do. I I celebrate that with them. That's great. Um, But if you don't want to be single, like if your desire is to have a partner, then I think as you get older, that feeling and that desire just grows and intensifies. And I think that's what the bachelor sweet spot is, is having a bunch of people um, passionately pursuing a relationship in front of our eyes. And that's where you're going to get the emotion. Because some people feel like maybe this is their last shot. Some people feel like, this is the first time they've ever given it a shot when you're younger. I don't know if this will come off right, but I'll like the risk is less because you know, you can get off the show. You can do go do some crazy stuff and still find a partner one day that takes the stress off a bit. And one of the best parts about the bachelor is the added stress that that environment brings. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, if you look back to the big early seasons, like one and two with like Trista Sutter and like, You know, you felt that. And even with Claire, I mean, say whatever people say, lots of stuff about Claire, like she was there for love, like however it ended up. There's no question about that. So that's, to me, like you were invested from that point of view. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's what I want. Uh, You know, we want investment. We want to follow their stories. We want to be able to root for them. You know, if, if somebody is in their early 20s and they're on the show and you know, maybe they really are ready for a partner, but it doesn't work out for them. We're, you know, my, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking you're going to be just fine. You know, for Claire, I think she would be thinking like, I don't know where I'm going to find my partner now. That's just a different angle and a different emotion as the fans that we get to invest into with these people. Yeah. What do you think of Claire and Dale? I don't know. It's been a roller coaster, hasn't it? Yes. Um, I don't know where they stand. Uh, I, I think they're public on social media together. I mean, I'm happy for them. I, I, I didn't understand the way that things ended before. I felt like there was a lot of things unsaid. There was a lot of like uh, personal like uh, blame or blame for the other person or whatever. And so now that they're back together, it's, I mean, it's, that's pretty great. It's It seems to all work out. You know, you, I don't, I don't want to see people get off the show and break up. That's not fun. So I don't know. I mean, if, if they're going to last or not or what their status is or what they're trying, but it's seems like it's happening. Do you think he's in it for the right reasons though? I hope so. I hope so. You know, I mean, I think at this point he would have to recognize like one, she doesn't want to be wasting her time. And two, I don't think she wants to be wasting her time. So I bet, I mean, I, I would imagine that she's made sure that he's in it for the right reasons that he's in it for her. I, I, I think Claire is uh, um, direct enough, smart enough, wise enough to ask him and make sure that that's where he's at. So she must be convinced he is. I hope it works out too. What about something like Matt? Like, yes, because he did go out with Rachel recently and now there's apparently this other girl involved, this woman, Grace, who came forward. So she says that he was talking to her. Well, I mean... I don't know a lot about him. My first thought would be he's single, so he can date. Um, He can, you know, unless he's exclusive and he's in a relationship, like he has every ability to date. I don't know, again, where Rachel's conversation existed and if it was uh, a conversation that um, was about them and their future or just about them kind of tidying up things. I mean, there's so much to it unknown, but if he's single, he can date and he can talk and he can, figure out what it is he's looking for. And I hope, you know, the people he's dating are doing the same. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. 
Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Uh, but I did hear that a girl came out. I mean, that's... I just never love that. I mean, that's got, that's, it's, if you're dating somebody like Matt James and you know his name is recognized, um, I would hope that you'd have the respect for him as a human to know that your words matter. And if you did come out, try to throw him under the bus, you could probably be pretty successful at that. And, and so it's just not always fair when somebody does that. I just don't think it's a, a very mature, uh, way to handle things. If she was hurt, I would hope she'd reach out to Matt and say, Hey, you were talking to me. I thought we had something serious. You obviously are talking to other people. Am I not understanding where this relationship lies instead of going to the press or media or whatever happened? I just, again, I don't know a lot about it, but I just always, that always makes me a little bit uneasy. Yeah. And you have to question someone's intentions then. I, I bet it would be hard for Matt to continue to talk to her if this is how this is happening now. I would think. So like when you have someone like your friends and that you check in every few weeks, do people, cause I feel people do this with me. Do people now, they love you and they're your friend, but do they, you think not tell you things because you have this podcast? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure people aren't telling me everything. I mean, my closest friends, I have a few really close friends from the show. Like, and they, and they do um, because it's an understanding, like some really close friendships. But a lot of my closest friendships are high school and college friendships. You know, they right. don't they don't necessarily worry about that. I don't think they've ever listened to my podcast, quite frankly. Um, right. So they're not too 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 upset about it. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure some people from the show, like people that I'm not super close with, that there hasn't been a trust and a vulnerability built into our relationship. They probably do hold back. And then other people, you just know, they just know, like I have certain people that they know whatever they say. I'm like, this isn't ending up on a podcast. This is like really serious. Like, I'm not going to go yeah. talk about this. Yeah. You just kind of figure it out after time. I agree. What about the whole, you know, now Chris Harrison has stepped aside. Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, again, this is one of those scenarios where like Chris is a friend of mine. I'll never hide uh, and shy away from that. He's been awesome to me. Um, I think most people would say that Chris is really good at his job. Um, but he did something that, you know, people that get paid a lot more than I do decided wasn't okay to continue with. That's above my pay grade. I'm not here to be the person that um, really need, even needs an opinion on that as much as I one need to be a good friend if I can to him. And two, understand that there's people making decisions that this is their job to do that. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate no matter what, like lo somebody losing their job is never a like thing to celebrate. Even if you really like, it's just, it's hard. It's hard. Now, Chris is different, right? He's had years and years of success, but um, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, he's a friend of mine and I, and I want to see him feel, feel joy as much as I would anybody else. And I'd probably want to, I would hope I'd feel that for my enemy uh, as well, but he's not that. Do you think, you know, cause there's a lot of people saying, well, do you think Chris is gone for good? Like just in your opinion? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, there's been no talk about it since the, uh, the big, you know, well, I, I think the, the biggest was that he wasn't going to be there for the bachelorette. So there, I haven't heard anything since then. You know, there's rumors like he hired a lawyer, attorney, like, I mean, that, I don't know what that means. Does that mean he's trying to figure out how to renegotiate a contract? Does that feel, is there, is, are they in, um, are they in disagreement about something? Is it never coming back? I don't know. Uh, I have nothing behind the scenes there that I can speak of. They're being very quiet about it. Yeah. I mean, and the media is making it seem like he's pursuing legal action for wrongful termination, the same Gabrielle Union did, and they're making that parallel because it's the same lawyer she used with America's Got Talent and all that stuff. But oh, I don't, interesting. You know more than I do. But again, I mean, is that true or is this just the media? We don't know. I mean, we'll see how it plays out, right? 
What about all the people? Because there's a lot of people who say they will not watch if Chris is not the host. Like they are very strongly behind Chris, despite whatever, you know, like, do you think ratings would suffer if Chris is, I mean, well, he's not going to be there for the bachelorette. That's no known fact. Well, I think, I mean, I, I don't quote me on this. I think the ratings for after the final rose were as high as ever. Um, he wasn't there for that. Now, I don't know if people, most fans of the show, I don't know if they even knew he wasn't going to be there. You know, I don't know how many people follow social media uh, and follow the ins and outs of everything. I, I don't know that with it, when it comes to the demographic of the show. Uh, I mean, I think he's been, a, I mean, you, you would have to wait and see. It matters who would fill his place. It matters how they would have them filling the place. You know, Chris has been the face of the franchise for 20 plus years now. That's a big change. But I know other shows have done it successfully before. I know other shows have transferred their, their most prominent figures in, in successful ways. But we, we'll just have to wait. Um, I, I imagine there will be a fan base that would be upset, but I also imagine there's going to be a fan base. I mean, that would probably be excited about change. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the behind the velvet rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day. That causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who is a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues, anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and better help really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. You know, for me, I, I sit right now just trying to understand. It's it's disorienting because you do. You have two probably different groups. So I just kind of sit in the middle trying to understand, like, why each side is feeling so passionate about the things that they are. Right. What about the Bachelorette? What about it? Like, how do you feel about Katie and Michelle being chosen? Great. You know, we know more about Michelle than uh, we do Katie, I think. Uh, you know, we knew a lot about Michelle. She was kind of there for a short period of time, but she was a huge, huge figure on the show. Um, I don't, I still don't know if I understand how the process is going to work um, and what the timeline is. But again, that show has people, hundreds of people that make decisions strategically. And so they obviously believe this was going to be best for the show, for the longevity of the show, for the season of life that they're in. So I want to believe, I typically would say, okay, these people, smart people getting paid a lot of money are trying to make good decisions. I mean, they've had a 20 year plus show, so they have kind of know what they're doing. So it probably will be successful at some level or will fulfill what they need. Is there anyone, if it wasn't going to be those two as the bachelorette, like, would you have had a different preference of anyone from this past season of Matt's? Oh, good question. I, I got to meet, uh, was it, is it Bree on my podcast? She was really sweet. 
she's really nice. I, I think she would have been a great bachelorette. Um, there was a couple, but yeah, she stood out to me like as somebody that could definitely carry the role well. She was um, very level-headed, very clear in her thought. I thought she'd do a great job. I mean, and I think it's going to be two back-to-back bachelorettes now, I think. I didn't know. I mean, I was confused if they were just taping it back-to-back mm. because Michelle has school. Like, she has to go back and teach. Uh, or yeah, she has to actually, teach. I don't know. What uh, about, how do you feel about, like, Caitlin and Tasha as the hosts? Oh, you know, both of them are incredible. I was obviously on Caitlin's season, got to know her really well still, get to, you know, get to have contact with her. Tasha has traveled to Vegas with iHeart and the podcast a few times. I mean, they're huge personalities. They're going to do well at whatever they do. Like, they've both proven that. Um, I Again, I kind of sound like somebody is out of touch. I don't know the format of what it is they're doing. I don't know if they're showing up to, like, have a couple chats, if they're going to be guiding somebody through the process, if they're going to be there through every conversation. I don't know. But I know I do know that they're going to be good at it. Uh, just who they are. They're they're fantastic at what they do. Do you like the idea, like if it's not going to be Chris, that it is people you know from within Bachelor Nation that have been through the process? Yeah, I mean, at some point, I think that's it's a slippery slope because I think then you'd have people coming on the show thinking they could become the host for the next season. Um. So I can see that becoming a problem, but I know with Tasha and Caitlin, like they've been around, they've done their own thing for years. Uh, they, they never thought they'd become like a host of the show. That was never a thought in their mind. And so I do like that decision. I just, it would be semi dangerous. I think for the, the casting of the show, if this was always the next step for, you know, that somebody that's not going to be the bachelorette, then, Hey, you know, you get to become the host just adds one more level of things that people are going to think is just going to come easily. Right. It does, which is never good. It's not good. What about who would you, if someone said, Oh, who should the next bachelor be? It's going to be someone within bachelor nation. Any, any names come to the top of your head? It could be from way back in the past or relatively recent. You know, I mean, there's not many singles from the past now. You know, uh, I would. It's gonna have you have to be somebody from these next two seasons of The Bachelorette. There's gonna be what sixty guys to choose from, so it's gonna be one of them. It has to be. There's nobody that stands out, at least not at the top of my mind, that has been around uh, before that hasn't maybe that's not in a relationship. So it has to be somebody from these next couple seasons. That makes sense to me. That's probably yeah. where. What about you know Claire came back? Like, do you think like say Matt? pulls himself together and doesn't want to, maybe wants to repost all the bachelor. Like should Matt be given another chance at some point if he wants it? I, I think there's about a 0% chance that Matt would ever come back and be the bachelor again. So um, no, I mean, if he wants it, sure. I just don't think he wants it. I think you're probably right. Yeah. I think we're pretty safe in that bet. I mean, it is like, such a historic moment to have been overshadowed by all this other stuff this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is, is what it is, but it's just unfortunate. I agree. Yeah, it is. Would you still watch all of bachelor nation if you didn't have this podcast? I would watch pieces of it. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't watch it as consistently. Probably. I enjoy it, I really like opening night and I would probably watch the first week and then like start watching again, like week six. Uh, I would probably skip like two through five. Those just kind of get long to me. Um, and I would get to watch it again when like the real relationships are existing. I think I could do that. I think I would, I would enjoy doing that. Um, that's, that's always been fun. And then the, you know, the final episode is always something that I, I celebrate, uh, you know, because it's another end of a season, another end of a chapter. And then you get to kind of see what their story is going to be like after it's all done. I've talked to so many people that were on it, you know, even as like daters, not as the bachelor, the bachelorette. And they, a lot of people always say that, you know, they can tell like, Oh, I could tell Ben was going to pick 
Lauren, or they could just say it was obvious if you were there in the room, despite what we see on TV. Like, do you think that's the case? Like, did you know right away? I mean, you know, you still had a show to film and, but. I think most people, you know, probably, I think it's pretty easy to identify favorites just because you have like these one-on-one dates and you have these like these. So I think most people could probably tell in every season. Um, and that's, it's hard not to, cause the show kind of promotes that too. Cause it adds the drama, it adds the intrigue, it adds conflict. Um, but you know, you do, you have, what is it? Like three months of filming. Like you do have to stay open. It's exciting to stay open. You get to meet a, hundred, a ton of new people here, a bunch of new people's stories. And, and I think like for that, like the best seasons are ones that you maybe can't tell. And everybody just feels like they're all in the same page. I think um, I'm trying to remember a season that it felt like that. Um, but, you know, I, I think if you could keep the playing field even through the longest, for the longest time, I think that would be the healthiest. Well, it all worked out for you because now you're engaged mm, to I someone am. who was not on The Bachelor. Yeah. How are how's things going with you and Jessica? You guys are still – I know COVID has thrown a wrench in your wedding plans. Yeah, it did. As most people's. Um, we're great. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. We, uh, we just got a house in Denver um, that we're, we're slowly moving into, uh, that we are uh, starting to make a home. Um, that's been really exciting uh, and really, really fun to kind of start that new chapter away from the house that I've had for years. Uh, our wedding is coming up in November obviously we're looking forward to that. We have like a really cool year planned with bachelorette and bachelor parties, COVID willing. Um, but we're great. I mean, we spent a lot of time together during COVID. Um, it's, uh, and it's been awesome. And, and now, you know, I think we're both ready to, to get back out there. She's starting, um, her, uh, skincare business here in Denver. Uh, you know, I'm obviously still working. And so we have kind of these two, separate paths that are both like aligning in our relationship. It's been really good. That's good. And you've still been long distance or other than parts of COVID you were together. Uh, She moved to Denver uh, about two months ago. So we, we, since then we have not been long distance. That's um, good. Which has been great. That's good. Right. Yeah. And your wedding is on no matter what happens. Right. I think I've read that somewhere that you said we are getting no matter what we're getting married. It might not look like how we're planning it. Um, But no matter what we're getting married, it might just be her and I at a courthouse. Um, But we're going to be getting married in November. If you get married and like the world is shut down for some reason, would you have like a wedding afterwards later on? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I think if uh, you know, maybe you'd want to celebrate somehow. Yeah. Uh, especially with, you know, family, uh, and we would, and we will, I'm hoping that we don't have to worry about it. November is still a far ways away. Things are going back, getting better. Cities are opening back up. People are getting vaccinated. Uh, I would say my stress level to it not being good in November is very low. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. What about, are any bachelor or bachelorette, bachelor nation people in your wedding party? Um, not in the wedding party, but a lot of people are invited and, and hopefully will be there. A lot of people are invited to my bachelor party. Um, we have some great friendships from the show, like real in-depth friendships. And so nobody's going to be in my wedding party necessarily, but, um, they still, you know, matter a lot to me. Like, who are you closest with from the show? Uh, well, on the girl side, Becca Tilly is still one of my favorite people alive. She's incredible human. Um, you know, Ashley, obviously I talk to every week and Jared, uh, Wells and Dean and Nick are, and I are very close. And then Blake Hortzman lives here in Denver and I get to see him, <clears throat> excuse me, quite a bit. Uh, so there's quite a few people. That's a good amount. I mean, that got, that has to be one of the best byproducts of the show. Yeah. True friendship. All yeah, it's pretty good. So tell me about how your book came about alone in plain sight. So the book was really my journal for years. Um, and then Thomas Nelson publishers came and said, Hey, would you ever want to write a book? I said, yeah, I would. I just don't know what I'd write about. Cause I don't want to write a tell all. 
that's been done and I have a lot to tell. And it's also like, I want to put out a book that I'm passionate about, that I'm excited about. So we started talking and, and we pulled out this journal. The journal kind of had a theme through it where I was writing to myself and then maybe now to others who were feeling disconnected alone, like the outsider looking in. So I wrote a book speaking to those people who feel misunderstood, who feel alone, who feel disconnected. That's what alone in plain sight is. So it's broken up into four sections, connection with self, connection with others, friendships, connection romantically and a connection with God. And I kind of tell my story along with the stories of a few others that I know uh, that kind of represent those sections. Well, um, it's been incredible. The feedback's been really awesome. I don't know if I would say it's fun because a lot of the like really hard stories of people feeling disconnected and having good reason for it and then trying to work back through a place of understanding. Uh, but it's out there now and that's how it came to be. And it took two years for me to write this thing. And I'm sure glad I did. Did you like the writing process? I mean, or was it just a bear? Um, I don't know if I loved the writing process. It was hard emotionally. I can't say like, Oh, I would love to do that every day of my life. I think it was healing. I think it was therapeutic. I think there was a lot of good that came from it but it was hard. It was emotionally taxing. And so um, it's something that I've need to kind of like take a step back from disconnect from now for a bit, then probably get back into it, you know, writing for myself again and, and maybe one day for others, but it was hard. I'll say that. Has the feedback, are people shocked when they read this, you know, cause you're on the bachelor reality TV star, good looking guy, seems to have lots of friends, you know, like it was very introspective. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think one of the things I can't figure out if it's a compliment or not is people say, um, this is actually a good book, meaning like people were expecting it not to be, or I'm shocked that this actually was worth reading or whatever. Like I, it just kind of gives me a glance into like what maybe people think of me. Um, so that's like not always great, but the feedback for the most part has been really good and I'm hoping people get something out of it. Uh, so I haven't heard a lot of terrible feedback yet. I'm sure there is some, I just haven't chose to read it. Yeah. Like when people say like, wow, this is actually good. I mean, you're kind of like, I think that's a good thing, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Or like this, I, they're shocked at it. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm glad, you know, your expectations for me before were pretty bad. Right. Um, totally. Hopefully they can change. Yeah. What about, was there anything, because, you know, you get really personal in this book. Like, was there anything that you just thought not to put in or, like, you were convinced to put in or you grappled with, like, I don't know if I want to include this? Every single section. Um, you know, there was the process of, like, identifying a, my story or a story of others that mattered, that was deep, that was heartfelt, and then processing it through the lens of what would happen if I put this out there. Like, what could the response be? Would it be really negative? Would it put the person I'm writing about in a bad light? And then, so every section, every story was walked through the lens of, this is going to be heavy. This is going to be hard. Is it worth it? And if it was worth it, then I did it. But it was always a little bit of like contemplation on what should be added, what shouldn't. Have you heard from a lot of people just throughout that are just like, wow, this book has helped me. It's helped my family. I have. Yeah. I mean, at least some, I get a lot of DMS and messages, emails and reviews. Um, yeah, I have, which has been incredible. You know, it's a little bit weird because obviously that was one of the hopes that people get something out of it, but a book is so disconnected, meaning it's out there. I don't know who's reading it right now. Hopefully somebody is or who's buying it right now, but they're somewhere else in the U S and I don't know what kind of like impact. Like I don't always feel that impact because I don't always hear about it or don't always know where it's coming from. And so writing a book's odd because you put this tool or this, this project out into the world and you don't have immediate response. Unlike television or a live show, you have immediate response. So it's been a little bit weird because like, yes, I'm sure there are people that have had really good experiences from the book, but I, it's hard for me to feel that personal. I mean, you talk about a connection, like a connection with yourself like, do you feel at some point, like, was there a turning point for you where, you know, like five years ago, like you never could have written this book because like you didn't have that connection where you really 
or honest yeah. with yourself? Was there a certain time where like, oh, you know, I can write this now, but if this was three years ago, this book never would be here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was really my time on the show where I started to get vulnerable on television and the response from people. You know, when I got vulnerable on television, I thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be a really bad result. And people, instead of responding with like a resounding like, me too, and I feel this way, and you're not alone in this. And so then I realized that like my vulnerability could actually connect me to people. So I kind of dove into that and said, hey, I have a platform or I have a lot of people that follow it now. Like, what if um, I represented a, a space that helped people feel less alone? Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping I, I have. I'm hoping I do it. I don't know if I do it perfectly, but I try to do that. And yeah, I think that's only happened because uh, the, I guess, the connection with the masses from my uh, vulnerability before. And the show helped because... I mean, oh, yeah. you kind of have to be vulnerable to go through that experience properly. Oh, yeah. Definitely. The show helped in, in, in probably every way. It, in fact, at moments, it felt like it numbed me to my pains of the past. But now I think I'm in a place where when I speak about those things, um, I can speak from a place of learning and growing um, where maybe before the show, they were just emotional. Like I couldn't bring them up. I couldn't speak about them. Now I can share about them. They still impact me, but I'm learning from them. Um, which is, I, I think what I hope most people do is understand there is going to be pain in this world. That pain shouldn't isolate you because we've all experienced it should connect us actually. And then also help us all learn and grow. What it, I mean, that's true. What advice would you give someone who, if they came to you and said, I want to go on the bachelor or bachelorette, what would be some advice? Why do you want to go on the bachelorette or bachelor? Um, what do you hope comes from it? Uh, my advice then would be if you're doing it to shake life up a bit, to create a cool story because you're, you're open to the possibilities of what could happen from it. Go for it. If you think this is going to make you fall in love or this is the end all be all, I would say like, I'd be hesitant. It's a weird experience. Um, but I, I always would say if somebody's out there wanting to take a risk, this is, it's been great to me. So I would encourage people to do it. Um, but then my, my piece of advice would be just be yourself. It's not worth, you know, don't make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, but just be yourself. You're, you're, you're somebody special and, and you don't want to have millions of people know you for something that you're not. Do you think it's easy to fall in love on TV? I mean, cause it's a fast process, but it's like a heightened process. Like you're in this fantasy world. So I could see it going either way. I mean, I know you were in it, but just in general. Um, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's easy. I think the environment cultivates it. It's made for it. You're traveling the world. You're going to incredible places, eating incredible food, staying in nice hotels. It's, it's isolated. There's no distraction. So I can see that it makes it more efficient and effective. I still don't know if it was easy. Um, but I can definitely see where people come on and, you know, their worlds get, they get infatuated with the idea of it. I think that's where like, as a lead, you have to really like the decide, like who's in this for the, for the real deal. Like who's in this, not just for the emotion of it all. Some do better than others at that. When you were going through it, did you, could you get a sense of people? Like, I don't know if this person, this girl is like really here for the right reasons. Cause I mean like your season, it was, I mean, it was more pure back in the day. Like, I'm not saying your season, but like, it just keeps getting less pure. Yeah. So you're, you were on it at a different time, so to speak. I was. Well, I think, you know, one of the hopes was I tried to do that because I was hoping that everybody, at least that came on, on the show with me, was happy they did it. Um, I knew there would be pain along the way, but at least they could say I was happy I did it. I don't know if everybody would say that, but I, that was the hope. Um, also I think confronting the drama quickly is, a, is, was helpful for that kind of made more peace and made more in depth stories. You do get a pick, you have to make a lot of assumptions, uh, cause you don't get to know people super quickly. So you kind of got to like watch and be very like curious, ask a lot of questions. Um, I think I, for the most part, I was able to get a sense of things, but early on, it's impossible. There's 30 people running around and you don't know anybody. 
So you kind of just like have to guess. Um, but as it gets going, you kind of see themes and you get to hear how people react to each other. It, it all starts to make more sense. What's one thing that you think, like what's one people, one thing you think people don't know about you? Or like that's a misconception. Like you say people are maybe semi-shocked that you wrote this book. Like what else like do you think people have wrong about you? Well, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, with the book out there, there's not a lot of, I don't think people know. There's not a lot of like skeletons still in the closet. I think maybe one of the things was coming off of the se- my season, they thought I was like um, pristine. They thought I was a little boring. I would like to think that I'm not. Like I would hope to think that like most people that know me wouldn't say I'm boring. Um, so that would probably be the one thing. What about upcoming Bachelor in Paradise? And do you know anything you can tell us? There's so many rumors circulating already. No, Ashley texted me this morning and said they announced uh, it's coming back. That's it. Um, I'm hoping to see a Blake Hortzman, Becca Kufrin like rekindling in Paradise. Um, that's just my hope because I know them both. We'll see if it happens. I know there's been a lot of talk about Blake, possibly. That'd be great. I mean, if that's what he's into. It didn't go great from the first time, but maybe the second time would be better. It did not go great for the first time, but I feel like it can't go worse. So, well, yeah, why not? why not? Give it a shot now. Would you ever, if they came to you and said, would, would you like to host a season? Would you like to be the next Caitlin or Tasha? Oh boy. Um, I mean, I would be lying if I said, Hey, that doesn't sound exciting. There'd be a lot of phone calls I'd have to make to people and say, do you think this is right or wrong? I also, you know, I'm with the book coming out. I'm a little sensitive right now. I don't know if I could take the criticism as well as maybe I did a few years ago. And I know that's going to come with criticism. Like both Caitlin and Tasha are going to get it. Everybody that steps into that role is going to get it. Um, no matter who you are or how good you are at it. And I just don't know if I'm at an emotionally healthy place to be able to take that on. But I, I, I don't want to say I wouldn't like I would have, but I would take a lot of thinking, a lot of prayer, a lot of contemplation, a lot of phone calls to say, Hey, what do you think of this? Um, but it does sound exciting. It does. Right. Yeah. Anything else? I always have my own agenda, so thank you for answering all my questions. But oh, anything okay. that you want to cover, I like to give people a chance at the end to chat about anything they want. Yeah, definitely. Go to generouscoffee.com right now if you drink coffee and buy some life-changing coffee. It's the company I work with. and I started a few years ago with a couple of my buddies and I. We donate 100% of the profits to nonprofits and social causes around the world fighting human-facing injustice. So every cup of coffee is given back. Uh, I don't make a dime on this company. It's just a passion project for me. It's specialty grade coffee. So it's the best coffee you can drink. So go to generouscoffee.com today. If you drink coffee and buy some, it would just mean a lot for a lot of people. I drink, I've said this before. I mean, I love vodka, but I would literally give up everything in the entire world before I gave up coffee. Literally. It's a smart person right there. Coffee is, I mean, I'm like a New Yorker. I don't know what New Yorker does yep. drink coffee. Like, that first sip of that coffee in the morning, like everything is okay, right? Yeah, it changes everything. Yeah, so you can go to generouscoffee.com and get some coffee. I'm going to. Thank you. I mean, especially if you're saying it's the best coffee out there. It is specialty grade, so it's scientifically graded. All coffee is on a scale. And so ours is always above an 85. So that means uh, you, you're, you'll have a hard time finding better quality coffee than, than generous. I love it. I'll go there. I know there's a link in your social media bio for that too. Everyone needs to get your book. It really is learned so much about you from this book. Um, Where can everyone find you online on Instagram? Uh, BenHigginsBook.com. Go to uh, Higgins.Ben on Instagram and uh, BenHiggy on Twitter. It's easy. Yeah. I appreciate you taking your time. I know you're busy. So thank you for chatting with us. Thank you, man. You're awesome. Tell Jessica we say hello. I will do that. Have a great one. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear... 
subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.